in psychology we talk about this all the time when you feel a certain emotion when you feel down it constricts your thoughts mm-hmm. as in it makes your thoughts narrow more and it, like it's hard to think of anything good because you feel that way and it kind of like it's kind of like a cage and it kind of closes in on certain thoughts so the way that if you that's the great thing about gratitude and writing it down on a piece of paper and writing it down on something because mm-hmm. you wrote it down you can always look back at it and that thoughts are not restricted so you can always look back at that and it can yeah. boost you up Hello everyone, welcome to the Experience Podcast. My name is Tejaswa or Tex, and together you and I are going to have amazing conversations with amazing people and learn so much through our experiences. This is a listener-supported podcast, so any level of Patreon subscription or one-time donation will be accepted with a lot of gratitude and used back to making this podcast experience even greater. In today's episode, I can't wait to welcome Wakil. We're going to be talking about psychology and spirituality and how they might come together. But first, let's take a deep breath and close our eyes and reflect on the word gratitude. Maybe it's a feeling, a memory, a person, an environment, or whatever else may come to mind. Keep this thought in mind, maybe write it down on a piece of paper, because we will come back to it later in the episode. If you're comfortable, we'd love to know what you thought of, so please do share with us in the comments below, or feel free to message us. Let's begin. Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Experience Podcast. I'm super excited to have Wakil as our first guest. Wakil is a psychology student from the University of Birmingham. He's also called the well-being scientist and is an influencer on TikTok. I promise he doesn't dance, but he will make your thoughts dance with all the contents that he shares, some very valuable advice and uh, some great food for thought as well. So, Wakil, how are you doing? I'm doing well. That's still a sick intro. Thank you very much. Came up with it on the spot. <laughs> I, I see these podcasts all the time. I really like those intros. And I never yeah. thought I would have those intros myself. So, thank you for letting me be on this podcast and... Let me enjoy no, this experience. No, Pleasure is mine. And I think you're a really great speaker and you have some amazing things to share. So, Wakil, uh, what, what, what are you doing these days? What, do you, what have you been up to? Well, these days I've been working on my psychology project. So, mm-hmm. in psychology, you have lots of tips and tricks like gratitude journals, stress management, mindfulness. You have all these tips. And where those originate from is studies from average people. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. average is like, you know, common people just like me and you. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at these studies and I was thinking, why is it always with average people? Why is it just the people that, you know, have normal lives just like us? Why don't we look at people that are different? Like they have, like they're more practiced in those areas. Like I'm always looking for like the, the niche markets in psychology. So that's how I came up with the idea. What if I look at the monks? Because they practice like these ideas of gratitude, stress management, mindfulness, 
so much more than we have ever have. So maybe mm-hmm. there may be something there that no one has ever researched before and that can really tell us something about the mind. Because that's what psychology in essence really is, just what is right. the mind really about? Yeah, of course. And actually, I was going to ask you, for the general people, I mean, you know, we've heard the word psychology so much here and there, but what exactly is psychology and what exactly does a psychologist do? Well, it depends on who you ask, but for me, psychology is just trying to understand your mind. And that's mm-hmm. what the subjects arise from, like a person that originally arise from, I think, a guy that he did his own introspection in the early years of psychology. There was people just, there wasn't standardized experiments like we do right now. Mm-hmm. So having loads of people and doing these behavior tests and everything like that. Before it was more just introspection, like a guy just sitting down and he's just seeing how his own mind reacts to certain things. That's and that's how it really originated from. Like someone just trying to understand what is their mind about? And what is mm-hmm. like these action responses? Like what's happening here? And that's kind of what psychology is. And for a psychologist, it really depends on which psychologist you talk about because there's so many different areas. There's like researchers, psychologists, there's practical psychologists. So the area I want to go into is practical psychology, so clinical mm-hmm. psychology. And what they really do is they, again, with them, their roles vary a lot, but in essence, they're trying to break down people's negative patterns with people in clinical, in clinical populations. So people that's experiencing extreme depression, high mm-hmm. levels of anxiety, PTSD, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's, so you really want to get out there and use your psychology powers to understand people more and really try and help the world is, is what you're trying to do. Is that right? Fuck you. Yeah. I think that's an amazing purpose to have. It's funny that and, you say uh, psychology powers because when I was, the minute I came into my psychology course, the first thing that they taught me is we're going to teach you this stuff, but remember, this is not a magic wand. Like, you still need to practice this. You need to still learn more. And sometimes it may not work. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Wow, hard. yeah. Do you think uh, studying psychology has helped you personally develop in life as well? I think so. I've, I remember, I would, psychology, when I say um, it's given me a deeper understanding of my own mind when I'm studying psychology. So mm-hmm. the modules I have right now is understanding like the neurons in my brain the learning and behaviors and different areas of those and i feel like it it not only made me understand my habits more appreciate my habits but also it kind of made me make more controlled responses Mm. because now i because you're studying i'm in lectures all day and they're telling me okay this is what your mind does this is what happens and this is like the natural response you go to. And when you're always hearing those kind of things, it kind of sometimes zooms you out a bit. Yeah. Because now you're thinking, okay, this, I know I've been taught so many times they're doing this. They're doing, the mind's doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, what what do I want to do now? So I think yeah. it has helped me in that retrospect. And it's not for everyone, by the way. Because yeah. <laughs> you talk to another psychologist student, some of them will say something completely different. Yeah. No, I'm sure. I think, you know, the moment... <laughs> It's interesting because when we're kids and we think we want to study a certain subject and uh, we're really passionate about it, we do a lot of research in our own time and we really enjoy it, you know, but we take it up as a degree and all of a sudden it all comes crashing down because uh, (laughs) now 
something happens to us, or maybe it's the environment, maybe it's the pressure, maybe it's the academic grade side of thing that make us, you know, not enjoy it as much anymore. So I'm completely with you on that, as in every every person will have a different take on it. But I'm very happy that, you know, you've been able to take this in and apply it to your own life as well. And what I find really interesting, Wakil, is, you know, something you mentioned about gratitude. You said you're trying to research um how gratitude helps people who have a lot of practice with gratitude, for example, monks. So can you tell us a little bit, if, if this is not classified information, can you tell us a little bit about um, how you're doing these experiments? Are you talking to multiple monks? Are you taking them to some machines and measuring stuff from their brain? What, what's, what, what's it like? Well, right now I'm still on project design. So I'm having different ideas of, so first I'm going to start off with some basic interviews, mm-hmm. then go out to like some maybe... This thing's called EEG machines, where it just like yep. looks at like your brain activations in your head. So I'm trying to, right now I'm not in the experimental phase, but I'm on the designing phase and just looking at, because before you do an experiment, you need to tell the tutors, you need to tell the instructors, you ha- why is it a good reason to do this experiment? What they want to do. After I'm finding those things out. And oh, just saying it right now, the reason I really want to do it, especially on gratitude, because... I believe in it so much, mm-hmm. but I feel I don't agree with some of the things that's out there in the articles right now. For example, some of them say um, with gratitude, it's best to just do a journal once a week. Like that's the maximum. Like gratitude boosts your happiness scores, and they go sure. if you want to get the best happiness score um, redu- um, increase from gratitude journals, just do it once a week. And I didn't really okay. agree with that because I really agree with practice makes perfect practice more you'll get more and mm. that's what i really want to do on people that have practiced so much and i want to see how it affects them because those articles that said oh you worked only for one week if the, it's best just to do it one week they were we're doing on average people that never did gratitude in their life mm. so that's why i really want to do it on people that practice it a lot practice so you're trying to find the 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 relationship between consistency and the effectiveness of practicing gratitude is that is that put together all right or yeah that's put together right but yeah. if you zoom out i'm just really trying to look at different people and if they can give yeah. a different understanding of mine because uh, yeah I, that's quite because you were talking about this before that people go like into subjects mm. that they want to be as a kid but they change when they actually do the subject i never want to do psychology i never wow. thought i didn't honestly i don't even know what psychology was that much i never studied it before before mm-hmm. i came to my um degree i never studied psychology and it's only because when I was in my A-levels and a bit before then, I was really trying to understand my own mind. And I mm-hmm. was really curious about that idea. And I meet mm-hmm. loads of people. Like, that's what gave me the idea of talking to monks. Because I mm-hmm. love meeting different people that have different mindsets. Yep. That's why I meet like, monks, ex-military, fighters, and all these like the business people, like these successful. Like, I try to arrange it just to get yep. an understanding of their mind. Just like, trying to understand what's in their mind, how is it working, and maybe give me a better understanding of my own mind and everyone else's. Wow. Um, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening in, watch out for the Wakil podcast soon because it seems like he's on a mission to... Uh, <laughs> he's getting some pretty uh, amazing people involved, which I think is super cool. And Wakil, it's quite interesting because the entire purpose of this experience podcast is very similar to try and understand other people's experiences through our eyes and through their own eyes, you know. 
which I think is really cool. And I think uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on was what you mentioned on, uh, you know, practicing gratitude on a daily basis. You know, um, I think it can be said about everything. This is a quite of a recurring theme in my mind from the past few weeks, because, um, you know, for those of you who know, I, I've started getting really spiritual from the past few years. And uh, in my spiritual practice, they really have an emphasis on do small bits every day. But, you know, if you go to the gym, they say exactly the same thing. You go and look at exam advice, they say exactly the same thing. And there's this one um, mathematical, I'm, I'm quite of a maths and physics kind of person. So there's this one poster I saw and I've made it my wallpaper. So for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, this is what the wallpaper is. And it's basically <laughs> saying 1.01 raised to the power 365 is 37.8 and 0 0.99 uh, power 365 is 0.03. Now, what this is trying to say is that you put in 1% extra work every day, just 1% extra, and you will be 37.8 times better by the end of the year. Whereas if you put in 1% less effort every day, you're going to be 0. Point, so you're, you're going to be 0 0.03 uh, times better, which is technically negative. Um, so the entire idea of consistency of, you know, going to the gym and picking up weights, smaller weights, but doing it on a regular basis is a lot better than going to the gym once a month and picking up something really heavy. Now, I'm not a trained professional or anything, but it makes sense to me. And uh, I think this can also be said about gratitude. And I just wanted to share that from the past couple of months, um, you know, I have started bullet journaling as well. And... Um, Every night before I go to sleep, I have this one page of gratitude. And on a single page, I'm writing one line of gratitude of what happened that day. And I'm the kind of person who who likes to do a lot almost every single day. So there's always something to look back on in the day, whether even, even if it was something as small as talking to somebody that you haven't spoken to in a few months and just catching up with them. But it feels so refreshing and warm. Or if it was, you know, uh, going to watch a movie with somebody and this is what I learned from the movie. So just being something grateful, uh, being grateful for something you learned from the movie and just small moments like these. Because anytime you feel bummed out or whatever, you can just flip back to this page and say, oh, actually, you know what? Life's good, you know. So, Wakil, tell us a little bit about um, if, if there was ever a time in your life where, you know, you were feeling bummed out about something or you were feeling useless or something like that and you think gratitude was the thing that helped you lift yourself out of it. Is there something that ever happened like this in your life? Well, I, I really had touched on this point before you, I talk about this. The way that you just said, when I feel bummed out, I read the gratitude journal. That is perfect. Mm. There, because in psychology, we talk about this all the time. When you feel a certain emotion, when you feel down, it constricts your thoughts. Mm -hmm. As in, it makes your thoughts narrow more. And it, like, it's hard to think of anything good because you feel that way. And it kind of like, it's kind of like a cage and it kind of closes in on certain thoughts. So the way that if you, that's the great thing about gratitude and writing it down on a piece of paper and writing it down on something, because mm -hmm. you wrote it down, you can always look back at it and that thoughts are not restricted. So you can always look back at that and it can yeah. boost you up. So I really right. like how you talk, uh, talked about that. Well, touching on that then, Wakil, I'll share one more thing with you and the audience. Um, not a lot of people know what I'm about to tell you is classified stuff, guys. Top classified stuff. No, it's just, uh, you know, in, in um, I think around the end of my second year at Imperial, I 
really started just reflecting on myself and saying, the way I'm portraying myself to people, is that who I really want to be? You know, I know this is getting a little deep, but that's the whole point. Um, and what I started doing was, if I ever fell down, but if there was any, if, I, if, I, if there was ever a time where somebody genuinely complimented me, not uh, either in person or even on text or whatever, I would screenshot it and I'd put it into a small folder. And um, it's a folder that can be ex- accessed on my computer as well as my phone. So if I was ever feeling down, I just have an entire folder of people saying good things about me, but not in a narcissistic way, but more of a, you know, there are times where I will feel, oh, I'm not good enough, or I can't rap well enough, or I'm not good enough to make this podcast. But there was a time where I was called to a school in India two years ago when I, when I went back for holidays and they said, can you just give a talk? And I said, uh, sure. Okay. What on? And they said, anything you want, you know, I, then I said, okay, I'll talk about mindset because that's literally one of my favorite things to do. I, I love talking about mindset and thoughts and how thoughts affect people and things like that. And there were about 150 kids in the, uh, in the audience there. And they all wrote this really beautiful card for me. And I just stuck it on my wall right in front of my table. Um, but also I got a lot of beautiful personal messages and they were genuinely like appreciative messages. They weren't just like, oh yeah, you're cool. But it was like really thought through kind of stuff. Screenshot that, put it into a folder and you don't have to show this folder to anybody. It's not a public thing. It's purely for yourself. It's anytime you feel down, you just look back and see, wow, okay, I've been able to help people or I've been able to help myself. Or there have been times where, you know, there was something really small I did, but somebody appreciated it, I think is so powerful. I just thought I'd share that with it. So anybody who's listening to this, do try this out, you know, try your one page gratitude thing and also try just screenshotting it and putting it into a folder and see how you feel. Uh, genuinely, just let us know how you feel about that. Right. It's so funny that you talk about that because the kind of, the guy that founded gratitude, not founded, but he's, very influential in the field is Rob Emmons, Dr. Rob mm-hmm. Emmons. And I remember he was talking about this story about there was this little kid when he was seven, he, someone wrote him a gratitude letter. It was just uh, someone in this class. He was just, his classmate was just saying how great and the kid was, how he loved his personality and everything like that. Then 20 years later, that kid still keeps that letter in his pocket. Mm. every single day he never leaves that letter because that always reminds him of how valuable he is of how he does have self-worth and he was always he said to Robert Emmons that this is whenever I feel down or whenever I really doubt myself because obviously there might be a trickster sometimes and I read this paper because it really whenever you do feel down as I just said like you get your thoughts get restricted so you can't really think what's like a normal day, you realize, you know what, I I do have value. I do have, I am worth it. I am good enough. But when you feel down, those thoughts that close off, like they're in the dark, you can't see them no more. So having yeah. that with you is just amazing because that's always accessible. It's always accessible. Wow. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. If there's, if there's ever an experience or a moment that, um, you know, made you feel, genuinely made you feel, really good and full of purpose 
somehow if there was a way to capture that moment, you know, and, and just record it. I think this is why gratitude journaling is so amazing, you know. Um, you know, the, the whole part of uh, the experience, you can also talk about it from a, a sensory point of view. We have five sense um, perceptions. Is that is that how you say it? Yeah. yeah. So we've got sight, we've got smell, we've got taste, we've got um, sound, and we've got touch. And um, what I found really interesting about uh, even something as small as scent can remind you or trigger you of trigger trigger some really interesting memories. Like this is why I love perfume. Like um, you know, if there's ever a scent that you know, I go to a perfume store and I and I smell a certain perfume that I was wearing when I was sixteen, it rushed back those memories of when I was sixteen years old. Isn't that isn't that so crazy? I think it's I think it's mental. So you know, if scent can do something like that, imagine what putting down words on a piece of paper can do. Um, you know, and there's also this really interesting thing. I'm not too sure about it, but I think just before you sleep, you enter this thing called theta phase, or just right after you wake up, you enter this thing called theta phase, where um, I think your mind. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but. There's something to do with your subconscious that, that has more access to your brain or something like that. So if there are any ideas that come to you at the end of the night, you know, let's say you were working on a piece of code for your engineering project and you couldn't figure out the bug and right before you sleep, you figure it out. Like, I just think it's really crazy. So I think there's, there's, there's definitely something right before you sleep and right after you wake up. That's why they say, you know, when you wake up, just close your eyes, breathe and just reflect on something that you're grateful for. Is a beautiful start to the day. So, Wakil, do you think um, you know all the topics that we've touched on? Obviously, have a psychological uh, side to them, but almost everything we said also have a very direct spiritual side to them. And you know, I often wonder whether the two are directly or indirectly linked. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when you say spiritual, I what comes to my mind is like monks and people like that. Mm -hmm. And I think they are really related. For example, when you talk and um, when I, when I look at spirituality, I don't really see it in a religious sense or mm -hmm. that sense. I usually see it as principles, like deep principles that people can extract to make their lives better. So, and I really found that the principles of spirituality really links with principles of psychology. For example, gratitude, that was, there, I don't know, 10,000, not 10,000, thousands of years ago. And now it's coming to rise, like gratitude journals, gratitude letters, and other things such as mindfulness. Like the person that made mindfulness was an ex-monk. Like, mm -hmm. like, spirituality, I feel, really does have a link with psychology, mainly positive psychology, which is the area of how we can make our lives better, how we can make... Because there's like different areas of psychology, and you have clinical, which is people that are depressed and how we can make them normal. Like, in not normal as in normal feeling, as in neurotypical. And mm -hmm. we have positive psychology where we have neurotypical, neurotypical people and how can we make their lives better? Because we're all chasing happiness at the end of the day. We're all chasing mm -hmm. something. That's probably yeah. why you're trying to listen to this podcast. We, we're chasing something, and positive psychology is trying to look into how we can actually get it because... We make wrong decisions and we think we're going for happiness when we actually are not. So they're, they're trying to mm. crack that code. And they get a lot of these principles from spirituality and these ancient wisdoms. 
Wow. Yeah, I think I think that's really crazy because when when I asked you in the beginning of this episode, I asked you what is psychology, and you said psychology is us trying to understand the mind. And I think um, for spiritual people or people who try and practice spirituality, as far as like as far as I can understand, they all agree with me when I say we first just trying to understand ourselves before we try and understand something bigger, or or we could say that we're trying to understand ourselves and where we belong in the bigger sense, you know, but how can we do that if we're not able to understand the little things that we do? Um, you know, so us trying to understand ourselves means we first need to understand our mind. And the very fundamental bit of that is as, as mindfulness, psychology and spirituality all say the same thing. We first try and focus on our breath. Right. So why is that? So I was in the spiritual retreat a while back, a few weeks ago, and during one of the workshops, somebody said, how do you control the mind? And obviously people had some various answers and the speaker said, by controlling your breath. I was like, okay, I knew this was coming, but what exactly? Because, you know, you hear monks speak about it. It's almost like, like it's an, we can almost expect this to be an answer. But maybe most of us don't really understand what's going on. But the way the speaker had phrased it, she said, or he said, I don't remember which speaker it was, but they said that um, when we are dealing with stress and anxiety, our thoughts are racing. They're going super fast. And that is a direct manifestation. So our breath is a direct manifestation of our thoughts because our, when, we're, when we're under stress, our breathing is like, so we're, we're rapid breathing, right? So how do you control that? You just breathe slower. It's as simple as that. And I find it really crazy how a lot of the problems that we have, the solutions to those problems are already within us. And I think that's really, really cool. So sometimes I think, you know, from a psychological perspective, we are definitely looking at um, you know, I think we've come a long way even recognizing and being open about the fact that things like depression and anxiety exist. Because back, I mean, when I was younger, nobody talked about these things. These, these words did not exist in my vocabulary. You know, but the fact that we are being op so open about it, I think is amazing. But do you think um, maybe there's a missing link somewhere? Or do you think there's somehow spirituality adds into uh, psychology and you know, it, it makes a sort of a whole package that people can practice on a daily basis or something along those lines. Just to go deep into that, what do you mean by missing link? Can you clarify that bit? Yeah, so sometimes, you know, we, in science, like I, I studied engineering, so sometimes when we're trying to describe a phenomena or we come up with models, we make a lot of assumptions. And when we're studying these and we're just trying to get by to finish the degree, we're, we're just like, yeah, dude, whatever, just fine. I'll, I'll assume that this is true and therefore blah, 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 blah. But a lot of the times I sometimes wondered that science has gotten us really far, but I still feel it's a little bit incomplete. Maybe we as humans still need to spend a lot more time 
um, understanding models and theories and the world a little bit more before we, we can get science to that stage where we understand everything like dark matter, dark energy, the quantum realm is a complete mystery to us even now, things like that. And sometimes I feel like when you enter the same problem from a spiritual perspective, you, the, the perspective changes completely and you find an answer in a different light. So my question is, is there something that we haven't yet discovered in psychology or maybe something we're, we're yet to find where spirituality gives the answer and vice versa? Is there something in spirituality where we're still missing something that psychology says, hang on a second, this and this and this, is that a, is that a valid question? It's a valid question. It's a deep <laughs> yeah. question as well. It's going to get everyone yeah. thinking right now. Well, I think, I think there is a quite missing, but the way that you said it, vice versa, I think both of them need each other. As in, wow. Because with, for example, you said like when you look at spirituality, it gives you a different perspective. Like mm. you're looking at dark matter and everything, but once you tap into your spirituality, it gives you a whole new view of it. And I feel that is needed in psychology right now because a lot of it supposed psychology these kind of ideas and perspective about um gratitude and all these kind of mindset ideas they're really recent so it's really lacking mm. and spirituality i think is needed for psychology because it gives so many of those principles of how we can make our lives but for example you just talked about perspective in psychology mm. the number i think the first lecture i ever had was how your perspective is all false. Your eyes don't really see what's out there in the world. Like this, there's a reason that visual illusions and visual tricks work is because you don't actually see what's real. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the idea of with spirituality. They, that's what spiritual the spirituality talks about that change perspective, uh, change your perspective, so you can see the world that you want to see. Change it mm-hmm. so that obviously it makes you happier. It makes your soul happier, and and that's. It's like linked together. I feel both of them need each other. And the same with spirituality needs psychology because you were just talking about how in the talk where you did about breathing, people don't really understand what that means. Like mm-hmm. okay, I'm, you, they said to you, the way you can control your mind is controlling your breath. But what does that mean? How, how yeah. I've never heard anything like that. Even with psychology, if someone tells me something like that, any subject, even with chemistry, I used, when I was studying my A-levels, if I ever heard something and I was, if I ever didn't really get why this happened i would always ask one the teachers would always say don't ask too many questions like you don't need to know it <laughs> but i would want to know it because i i don't like because i want to know it as deep as possible like they were talking about i remember there was once talking about the atoms and the orbits in the neurons and they would say in the first inner circle you can only have two electrons and i was thinking why is that yeah these little things I'm, I'm always questioning why and i think psychology can really give uh deeper understanding of why these spiritual principles work. For example, with the breathing, you, um, your speaker was saying that it helps you, helps the mind stop racing. And that's really true because I'm, there was a psychologist that once said that anxiety, stress is a price we pay for being able to live in the um, future and past. I mean, be able to think about the future and past. Because most animals wow. can't do that. Like, a, I'm pretty sure a bird can't really think about what he's going to do in the future. Or what happened in the past but we can and that's very helpful to us 
because it allows us to avoid threats and everything. But it's a lot of stress and anxiety. We wake up in the middle of really the night. Is, yeah. Where's yeah. my when I'm getting the next paycheck or how I'm paying these bills? So focusing on your breath is what grounds you in the present. Mm. So, and I think we just talking about that a bit more. Just being like the breath can bring you back to the present because you almost want to have both halves of it. Like having being able to think about the future and past is a great thing. You can strategize and plan, but yet being able to be in the present when you want to, at any time you want to, that's like that's what real balance is. But that's uh, I think that's so beautiful. Long story short, they need both in each other. I think that I think that's a beautiful response, Wakil, because uh, there indeed have been times where, you know, there was something missing from the science perspective, or you know, maybe I didn't go deep enough in the science uh, way at the time that spirituality gave me answers for. But even during the retreat, there were certain principles in spirituality they were talking about, and I didn't understand them till until and unless they explained it from a physics perspective. And I was like, "Oh, that's what you mean." And and even just talking about the breathing and, you know, I think biology, uh, I'm, I'm not a biologist, so please, um, I apologize if I'm slaughtering any of this, um, this, this statement, but they say that, you know, when you take in deep breaths and stuff like that, obviously it's more controlled and it's more conscious, but we need the, the lungs transport the oxygen to the blood for blood flow. And we need the blood flow because the blood needs to go to the brain. To function properly and if that doesn't happen now the quality is low then you're not you know doing it to its full extent um something along those lines so i completely agree with you you know so when from a spiritual perspective they say your your breathing controls your mind it literally makes sense from a science perspective as well you know so i think it's really cool how like i love it when these things are coherent like there's a moment of joy in me that says thank god or thank the universe or whatever that these two things are literally the same thing and uh yeah just to add on that you we were talking about how spirituality and psychology need each other i think everything needs each other just yeah. to fully think of that because as you're saying one not everyone understands it fully for example if i talk when i'm talking about psychology perspective right now and how breathing can help some people won't understand it they may need a physics perspective or they may need it an artistic perspective or they may need something different i think every like i don't think there's like one answer like one wall that has all the answers like i don't think yeah. like psychology can give us everything we ever need mm-hmm. i think we need different areas of it needed for example yeah. i remember this not only just because it gives us a deeper understanding because what's the point of learning these things if people don't understand it <laughs> yeah I, I, you felt this way, like when you watch videos, you don't understand what they're really saying. If I watch yeah. some physics videos, I won't understand what they're saying. I need it in a term that I can understand. Like there's, a, there's a saying that you can't take someone where you want to go if you don't go to them first. Like a taxi driver, he can't take you to the destination if he doesn't come to your house first. Mm-hmm. So if you don't understand their view, they may be an artist or they may be a philosopher or they may be something else. If you don't come to them first and understand like their world and be able to integrate that with what you know, then it's pointless. Wow. 
So this actually reminds me of something, you know, you're talking about um, understanding their road or their path and to, to get to know them better and their perspective better. Um, you know, I've been watching this. So one of my friends, Rajaram, he, he got me hooked onto this Netflix series called Designated Survivor. And it's a really interesting, uh, it's a really interesting uh, series. But one of the things I was watching today in the morning, uh, they're trying to hunt down this criminal that's trying to destroy America obviously, as you do. Um, but th they're unable to find him properly. As in, they know where he is, but he's, they're not sure what he's trying to do, etc. And so what they did was they got a psychologist to um, look at his behaviors and his patterns mm -hmm. and, you know, try and diagnose him somehow. And they diagnosed him as a sociopath with narcissistic, with a narcissistic personality. And if those are your symptoms, then the root cause of it lies somewhere in your childhood something happened there maybe there was a trauma and you know uh stuff like that and it links heavily with the point of the experience podcast which is learning from each other's experiences but also understanding ourselves um in a way that what happened to us in the past positive or negative that is making us do things that we are doing today you know so really trying to understand what happened to us to recognize what we're doing today from that perspective so that if there is something that we're doing good, we continue doing it. But if there are things that we're doing bad, we recognize it and we transcend it. We change it. We try and do to make ourselves a better person. So that and the same thing with another Netflix series called Mindhunter. Have you, have you watched the Mindhunter, Wakil? <laughs> no. So they look at criminals and they interview criminals as patients, which I think is really interesting because when I was 16 um, and I had just come to the UK and right after I came to the UK, you know, there were these attacks happening somewhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the, I looked at the people and I thought who in their right mind would think that what they're doing, what, what this, what they're doing is a good thing, you know, like shooting people and, you know, doing these really really bad things in the world do they genuinely think they're doing a good thing you know and i think that's when my journey started with trying to understand people a little bit more because what happened to you that made you want to do these things or what happened to the person who brainwashed you that they wanted to um have so much strength and influence on you to be able to influence you to do these bad things, you know? So I think it's really, really interesting talking about certain things that might've happened to us and how they now trigger the things that we're doing right now. Um, I feel like we understand ourselves better that way. We understand other people better. And um, I think in general, it's just a really nice way to improve humanity and society in general is just my opinion because you know if we understand why criminals are doing the things they're doing we can stop our kids from going down that path in no matter how difficult the situation gets and this is where mindfulness kicks in so if there's something really bad happening to you at the moment how can we learn from the situation or what are we being put through to make us understand what's going on or what we need to improve on so that we don't end up going down the wrong path. And I think this is really crazy how all of these things at the end of the day are coming together to try and 
make us understand ourselves. Yeah, I just thought I'd share that. It's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's so funny because when we were talking about that, about what makes these people do what they do? Like, what made these criminals do these attacks and do these like these insane things? And it reminds me of a couple of years ago, I went to Auschwitz, the concentration camp. Mm. And I remember the speaker there, he was saying, he took us to the... Um, the grounds and he said right there like say about 20 feet away like on the opposite gate that's where the commander of this camp lived he lived with his family his whole kids he lived like a, a normal life but once he came into the camp he will be like so like insane and do like these insane things to people and he was the guy was just saying to him, what makes a person do that because his outside these gates he was living this normal life um his kids go to school these kids are having ice cream in their backyards and they can be fine living in, next to a camp where people are getting who knows what is happening to them and he, he mm. was really talking about how you heard this everyone in business heard and um, heard this term for like you're you're made up of the five people you spend the most time with yeah and just being he was talking about how he was like in a situation where this is just normal. The kids, the wife, everyone just thinks this is normal. Their dad's just going to this camp. He's doing the right thing because that's what everyone said is a good thing to do. Yeah. And it's just like how associations are just so powerful. And it just like, it can either make you or break you. Break you. Yeah. I think that's, that is very, very true. Uh, and it's something that I've understood the importance of, especially in the past two years, because I've started spending more time with, you know, um, highly spiritual people, or at least people who are trying to head in that direction. And we sort of relate to each other a lot. And, you know, so if there are certain things that, you know, in the past that uh, I did purely because other people around me were doing it, but I never necessarily enjoyed doing it. At the time, I would feel weird that, oh, you know, why do I need to go to a club? You know, but everyone else is going, so let's go, you know. But that's, that's just one lame example. But, you know, in general, there's so many things, you know, that subconsciously we do just because everybody else is doing it. But if you really sit, step back and think about it, is this something I really want to do? Yes, no, make the decision and continue from there. But it's so much easier when you have people around you who are doing the same things as you want to do and you genuinely think is the right direction. So I completely agree with you because this association can have, as you said, make it or break it. And I think it's so powerful. And in spirituality is definitely something they say, you know, Sangha, we call it in Sanskrit. And that means association or the, the people you spend time with uh, really help you develop further in life and there's also a saying that says if you want to go fast yeah you know what i'm about to say if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together i uh, think so our friend cherik talked about the same thing sorry uh, you got it's cherik doing the same thing yeah smart oh <laughs> uh, it's fine but i want to talk about that because we're talking about associations i know one thing when I was learning psychology, and this is something that's been on my mind recently, 
I thought I knew psychology. I thought I knew, like, you know, this is what we should do. Like, oh, we need to have good associations. We need to be grateful. We need to do these things. And then I had, I saw people that were in, like, really hard times. And I was thinking, and they explained to me, how do we even do these things? Because gratitude, I love gratitude, but I don't like the word gratitude has become there. Mm-hmm. I don't like the like the connotation we have of gratitude now because it's I feel like it's kind of been a moral thing. Uh, why don't you appreciate this? You should be grateful for this. You should think me and I talked to a lot of people and it's like they don't like the word. If I I, I remember this because I I post on social media and everything like that. I remember there was this post and he was saying how to make your lives better and they put in you should try to be more grateful and that comment everyone just so many people just commented okay what is there to be grateful for and that's quite shocking and i feel there needs to be a change from that like we need to obviously gratitude is a great thing but i don't like the idea it's become i've just think about this right now yeah i kind of see more um gratitude as how can i see my life as awesome instead of something that's a moral thing like oh, you need to be grateful for this or someone gives you a present you have to be grateful i could like there's some people that are going through some yeah. really hard stuff it's like they're getting punched in their stomach every single day in in a metaphorical stance so if they get some little present mm-hmm. what doesn't make sense to be grateful but i kind of see as gratitude as it's not something that's moral or it's not something you have to do it's not that they give you a present you have to be thankful to them it's your choice to be grateful it's like we were talking about perception uh, i know you everyone hopefully everyone saw this thing of this visual illusion of like the rabbit or the duck yeah, in, yeah 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 you can either see it as a rabbit or you can see it as a duck and with um, seeing your life is awesome you know basic gratitude you don't have to be grateful but depends what kind of life you want to live. If you want to see your life as awesome and there's studies on how it makes you happier and how it can really boost your life. So if you want to see it as, I think rabbits are more better. So I'll say if you want to see it as a rabbit, then see it as a rabbit. But if you want to see it as a duck, that's, there's no moral standpoints at it. It's just what you want and whether you want to have this boost your life and make you happier or as they say, like it's a knife. Can I be used for good or used for bad? Bad, yeah. I think I think that's a very interesting point you've made, Wakil, because I actually remember a time in second year when I started touching on or started reading up more about gratitude and being thankful for things. And I was just sharing this idea with somebody. And at the time, that person, uh, my, my friend, he, he was going through a lot. Um, he was mentally just, he was not doing well. So anytime I brought up any of this, you know, like pretty much like how you said, he literally said, there's nothing to be grateful for. Like, I don't want to be here. I do not want to study this degree. It feels like no matter how much I study, I'm never able to get the marks I want. Even if I get the marks I want, I'm never, you know, satisfied because there's there's always more. Or no matter how much I work, it feels like other people are always 10 times better. So there's nothing to be grateful for. And Wakil, I'm not going to lie to you. I did not know what to say. That it was, but I really liked the fact that he was being so honest about it. It's not that he was trying to, you know, 
uh, roast me or prove me wrong or anything. It was a genuine concern where it almost felt like he wanted to, but has no idea how to be grateful for thing for 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 this. And a couple of years later now, let me know if you agree with this, Wakil, and anybody listening in, please do share your thoughts on this as well. Do you sometimes think it's possible to take it in a very step-by-step manner and that change in consciousness of you trying to be consciously grateful, even if it's for something very small or something medium that's happened in your life, but the fact that you're trying to be conscious of it in itself will 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 guide you in that in that in that right direction because at least for me i think that is what happened it was the time i made a conscious decision to shift my mindset from one thing to the other not just in gratitude but in a lot of different things in life that's when i started walking down that path and saying okay you know what what's the worst thing that could happen if i if i did it you know so do you think for people who are really, really going through a tough time and, you know, as you said, are being punched into stomach, even literally in some cases, do you think even just trying it out will help them proceed in that direction? That's one thing I wanted to touch on as well. Hmm. Because I kind of see it as, say, a ladder. Mm-hmm. Like certain things like gratitude, it may not be the thing you need right now. It's still something that's really great and it can really boost your life. But it may be, for example, with your friend. Yeah, gratitude can still really help his life and it can really boost him up. But it may not be the thing he re- needs right now. Maybe he needs mm-hmm. something else. Because there's, like, we all heard of depression, right? Yeah. So what surprised me, I had like, a year ago, two years ago. I didn't know that there's different types of depression. That oh. there's different types and not like not everything's gonna work for the same thing. So there's biological depression, which is where like the body actually doesn't have the energy, it doesn't have the motivation. So saying be grateful, it it may help for like a bit, but it's not gonna help that problem. They mm-hmm. want to fix it, this problem. And so mm-hmm. certain things like medication would help that problem and therapy and certain stuff would help that problem. There's like other existential depression. Like they don't understand what their life is about. Gratitude can help, but it won't give them the answers that they want. Yeah. So, and just touching that point, I think gratitude, it, can, it does really help everyone. But I think everyone wants certain answers. They're not looking for, like when your friend was saying that, I, when I was listening to this, I hear, I don't want to think about how I can make my life better through gratitude. I want to hear how I can fix this certain problem I'm having right now. Yeah. And I find this with my videos as well. People want like prob their problems fixed. They're not looking really right now at how they can make their lives better. They're just trying to fix this problem. Cause are we finding ourselves as well? Like throughout your day, you're thinking about your problems. You don't really think about how I could do this better. Your mind just goes yeah. on to the problems. It's fixated on the problems. That's it's normal. But I think gratitude is a great thing, but I think they need the certain thing that can help their problem first. Well, I, th- I think that's really powerful what you said, Wakil, because uh, you're right. I think it's, it's, it's also a matter of um, doing the right thing, um, but maybe it's the wrong time to do it or 
something along those lines. And I think it's it's a good practice to, you know, create a habit out of. But but Wakila, I think you're right when you say maybe at that specific moment, that's not what they need in that very moment of time. It's like when somebody comes to you and is, is opening up to you regarding a problem they have, and then you just don't listen to them and you just start giving them advice. That's not what they need to hear at the moment, is it? They just need to vent out. And yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, I think it's really powerful what you said, Wakil. So, what do you think is um, you know the right direction in that? Is there, is there something generally people can do when they're feeling you know uh, depressed or in anxiety? Do you think people should approach therapy if this is a more long term? problem that they've been facing and they're they're struggling to get out of um you know obviously trying out meditating and and breathing and gratitude journaling is is obviously something that really helps but if it doesn't seem to be working what do you think people can do from a psychological perspective well i'm not an expert at this by the way i'm still um, still a student of course, yeah. i'm still learning so take my advice like a pinch of salt yeah but if those things are not working, I, I do really think therapy can really help. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think there's like a certain answer to everything, but therapy, there's like different, I don't really like the word therapy. So I'll say having someone that's there that can help you break your patterns or help you with what you're going through, that's an expert, is very mm. beneficial. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it also ties in really well with the root of what, we were talking about with psychology it's us trying to understand the mind and and somebody helping you break down those thoughts and break down those patterns that you're having um or that you've subconsciously created but from an unbiased perspective because you can talk to your friend and they'll try to say it in a comforting way or or maybe even a you know in a way that might not even be correct in some cases just to comfort you but I agree that a therapist can definitely do it, you know, in a, obviously in a professional sense, but do it in an unbiased way that can really, maybe it's a hard to swallow pill. I mean, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about therapy and the idea of therapy is something that, um, you know, I'm opening up to as well because like, I didn't know anything about therapy, but recently I've met so many people who have shared their experiences with therapy and they're just, they've transformed into you, you can tell their energy is completely different, you know, and I think it's so interesting how therapy can do that. So for anybody, maybe this is a sign if you were waiting for it, maybe um, if, if, if therapy is something that you were considering and if you were waiting for a sign, this is the sign. Try and talk to somebody if you need to, because in the moment you may be feeling like it's a vulnerability or it's something that you really don't want to face, but you don't want it to drag you in life you don't want it to be there when you want to do something bigger in life or just enjoy the little moments so yeah if this was a, if, if, if you were waiting for a sign please do consider this as one um if but I yeah just add on to that like if anyone is considering therapy i would say go for it but again i don't like just don't think there's therapy i really hate that word because it yeah. had so much of negative connotation again mm-hmm. think of it as you just talk to an expert of someone that understands the mind because a lot of times you're talking to people like they give you like, like we all want advice we all want help with our problems right 
And sometimes we go to people that really don't know what they're talking about. They have your mm. best interests at heart, but mm. they don't have the expertise. They don't have the knowledge. So don't think it as there's something wrong with me. This is more of just like I'm actually going to someone that's an expert this time. Because <laughs> I, I get frustrated myself when someone tells me something. Like, just be grateful. And I'm thinking, that's not my problem. I'm asking how <laughs> do I fix this problem? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's really interesting because even from a, you know, currently we're talking about from a psychology perspective, even in, um, in one of the workshops, in the meditation workshop, uh, the speaker, he said, you know, you'll hear a lot of spiritual people say, oh, meditate and everything will be okay. But he is, he's a spiritual person, but he's also a therapist. And he said, trust me, if there are other things that are wrong in your life, meditation is not just going to fix it. So you first need to heal You're yourself. You're so brutal and honest right there. Sorry? I said he was just so brutally honest right there. I think that was the best part, you know, because uh, he, he's not going to sugarcoat or anything. He literally said, if there are other things wrong in your life, meditation is not going to fix it. You need to, um, you know, be conscious of your thoughts. You need to heal yourself. And then when you start meditating, the meditation is going to be so much more beautiful. And uh, I found that really, really nice because it's not something that most people will just say out loud. So hats off to him. Um, if, if you know who you are, so if you are listening to this, we're very grateful that you said that, said it that day. Um, but yeah, any final remarks, Wakil? Um, my final remarks would be, if you're talking about remarks, I will probably, if, I always thought this second, if I'm ever on a podcast, what would I say to someone? And the thing I would say to them is, one, try to understand your mind more. Like if you're going through your life and try to understand how your mind works, because that is like your command center. It is, it really can control how you feel throughout the day. It can really control basically your whole life. Like no matter what happens, the mind is a very powerful thing and it can make the best out of the worst situation. So working on that is really great. And also you're doing awesome through you are. Like everyone that's listening right now, and just you listen to this podcast, it's awesome that you actually took time out of the day just to listen to this podcast, that you're actually learning and doing all these awesome things. So hats off to you. Thank you so much, Wakil. I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Even just taking out the time to listen to something like this, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening to it on Spotify, Google or Apple, um, is definitely a sign that, you know, you're looking for something deeper and, uh, you know, Definitely, yeah. I think I'm just I'm just repeating what Wakil is saying at this point. But yeah, but just think about it. how amazing is it that you're actually spending time, not watching entertainment. Not hopefully this is entertaining. Like, <laughs> it's always entertaining to me. So you're just actually trying to learn more. So that it's a really awesome thing, and you're awesome. Yeah. So Wakil, are you happy if uh, people want to approach you on TikTok? Yes. Um, uh, or on or, or any other social media and they want to ask you any questions or things like that yeah i'm happy um i'm always a well-being scientist on instagram and tiktok i'm not really on any other social platforms they're probably better yeah. to message me on instagram because tiktok has this weird messaging system <laughs> okay so uh, keep an eye out for that guys please do follow him on um on instagram and tiktok at well-being scientist Genuinely, um, the content that he shares, I really like it. 
and it's something definitely that I there, there have definitely been times where I just think about it for the rest of the day it's, it's good food for thought as well thank you so much for tuning in everybody we really hope you learned something new before we end let's take another moment to reflect on the word gratitude after this think about what changed between your feelings before and after the episode This podcast was created so we can listen to all our stories and learn from each other because there's so much that we all experience in our individual journeys. Being able to have even a small glimpse of someone's journey can add so much perspective to our lives, help us grow together, and be able to better understand ourselves and each other. Despite all our differences, there's so much more that we have in common. This is a listener-supported podcast, so any level of Patreon subscription or one-time donation will be accepted with a lot of gratitude and used back to making this podcast experience even greater. The different subscriptions can be found on my Patreon page, which will be linked in the description. This was recorded during COVID times with little to no professional equipment, so the quality may sometimes vary. We apologize for this inconvenience, but despite that, we hope you were able to connect with the message of this episode. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you next week. Take care.